Hello, and welcome to another episode of Clark Hill's Credit Eco to Go, curbside thought leadership for financial services. My name is Joanne Needleman, and I am a partner at Clark Hill, as well as a member of the firm's banking and financial services practice group. We have a very special guest today to talk about an important topic of financial literacy. Chris Banks, who like me is Philly raised and educated. He had attended Northeast, Northeast High School and Temple University, also my alma mater, where he studied communications and political science. He recently completed his certification to become a certified financial planning professional. Among his other ventures, including being a social entrepreneur, the founder and executive director of the Banksgiving Company, a nonprofit organization which educates and teaches middle school high, and high school students about different aspects of business and finance. Chris, welcome to Credit Eco to Go. I love this title, social entrepreneur. When did you become a social entrepreneur? Ah. Uh. I, 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 I would like to thank for all my life, but I guess the te technically in the last three years, once I started uh, the Thanksgiving company. I, I love that title. It's so appropriate right now. So uh, good luck to you on that. Thank so you. let's talk about Thanksgiving. Um, you started the organization. Uh, I want to hear about it. And I also want to hear about its mission. Yeah. So, um, so the Thanksgiving company was an organization that I started uh, around the middle to end of 2016. And really in short, it was based upon teaching young adults about different aspects of business and finance that I learned about as I was an adult that I wish I had known a little earlier. And that ranges from a number of things. So from different aspects of, of banking, saving, investing, real estate, entrepreneurship, and more. But But really trying to give kids that that open understanding of their choices and that, you know, it's not just one way to do things, do things, I'm sorry. And, uh, and how they could build from that and be able to uh, explore, explore the many different things that their mind comes up with in career opportunities. You know, it's, it is so important. Um, the theme of this podcast is the credit ecosystem and the credit ecosystem can only survive if the participants understand what the system is about. And I know, I mean, look, I won't lie to you. Uh, it's, it, it, it's no secret. I mean, I grew up in a, you know, a fairly privileged life. I went to private school my whole life. I went to college, as did you. Uh, but when you, as you just said, when you were growing up, did anybody teach you how to balance your checkbook? No, actually, I had never even knew what that meant to balance a checkbook. Um, I, I, I often tell my students that I actually, and I've had a job every year of my life from 12 years old on. And I don't think that I had a bank account until maybe 18. Right. So throughout all the jobs that I had, I've never had a bank account until 18. And I think that that was only because it was an easier way for mom to, to give me money without having to meet me in person. That's right. I mean, you know, when you were working and I remember when I was in college, a very long time ago, there was no debit cards. There was, you had to go to a bank and write a check and get money. Or I had, a, I went to school in Michigan. I had to wait for my parents to send me a check. There was no Venmo. There was no wiring of money. Uh, and, you know, again, yeah, I, I went, I got to school and I was like, 
how do you write a check? What am I supposed right. to do? I had no <laughs> skills and I was fair. I consider myself to be fairly intelligent. I mean, <laughs> but it is, there's such a void in this type of education. And it's, you know, you and I both know how vitally important it is. And even as adults, we still learn about financing and how to manage our money. And, you know, now that we're older, we have mortgages, should we refinance? What does that mean? I mean, we're constantly learning and developing for ourselves. What are the best mm -hmm. financial decisions? Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. And, and, and things and things are changing, right? So, you know, right. with the internet and everything being electronic, you know, it was just, believe it or not, it wasn't probably until I say a month, no, I'm sorry, a year or so ago that my mom was willing to check her bank account balances um, online, right? right. So like right. she was still a part of the generation that's like, oh, you know, I don't want everybody getting my information or someone's going to hack into it, you know? Uh, so things are changing all the time in terms of money and guidance and, and best practices of financing. And, and that's for adults. That's for people who have seen this for 30, 40, 20, however many years. So certainly as students, I think that the earlier that young adults can learn these things, the better, the more better off they'll be, hopefully. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why your, your organization is so important and why I wanted to have you come on the podcast. I know in, in my conversations with you, and I know the last four or five years as you've started to develop, to develop this organization, you've tried to get you know, I'll call it buy-in from traditional financial institutions. And I know every financial institution has a financial literacy program for whatever that means. Um, but it's always been a, a tough road uh, to, to get them to really commit and, and, and really put something robust in place. But in my conversation, conversations with you in the last couple of weeks, you're starting now to see a big interest from financial institutions? I kind of know the answer, it's a softball question, but I, I really want to hear your take on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I certainly think that a lot of these companies are, uh, they're, they're a little slow to the party, uh, mm -hmm. but, but I am happy that, 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 they're, that they're now attending. So you'll, you'll see recently with the, a lot of the racial unrest um, that, that have happened or, or, or come to show in, in the U.S., companies now are at least saying that they're understanding a lot of the black and brown plight that, that, that these urban communities are going through. And what they're now saying is, hey, you know, we would like to help out. Uh, we understand uh, how uh, sometimes a lot of black fam families may start behind the eight ball, and we would like to help, however that is, if that's from providing more finance, more access to financial education, if that's from, you know, more grants, if that's from, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and so you're seeing a lot of companies who now are saying, listen, we know that we've been talking this for however long. Now it's time for us to really, really be able to show something. And, um, and it's a shame that, that it had to, you know, I guess things had to blow up to kind of get to this level. But hopefully it's setting a, a better precedent on the future. And, and, I, and I think that deeper than that, it's allowing these kids to, to, to see what's, what, what's important. And, and hopefully, you know, for some of us, because naturally a lot of us, we have natural prejudices and, and biases based upon whatever our parents might've told us or what happened to us when we were young. But hopefully these kids won't have to deal with it as, as much. I do think that it's, it's, it's a tough time to be a kid. I think this generation is uh, 
is it Generation Z? I think that's the newest thing going on. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's, uh, I believe that's all kids from 8 to 23 years old currently. Um, they're going to have a story to tell in some years, right? Like, like this, is, this, 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 this is a different time. And hopefully, again, that, you know, we can come out of this stronger. And, and to, but to answer your point, the more that I think companies that they do try to give back and that we do understand uh, what privileges they have and how they could kind of help even the racial wealth gap, I think that that's important for everyone, not, 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 not just Black people. I, I agree. And, and as I, you know, look, Philadelphia was pretty much uh, an epicenter of a lot of the social injustice that you saw in the past month. And I couldn't help, and I've lived here all my life. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't anything new. We, we've been a city of riots for many, many years. And I've lived in the city uh, for many, many years. And I think now more than ever with the recent wave of um, disruption, I'm going to call it, I really look at that as a real, as, as not only social injustice, but really economic injustice. I, I, think that, I think that's fueling a lot of it too. And when I think about economic injustice, I think about education. I mean, it is about understanding uh, and learning and giving the opportunities to learn that are not equal, especially in this city. Uh, you look, you're a product of public education and you did very well for yourself, but I'm sure you also consider yourself lucky um to be able to have been as successful as you are because you're you know those opportunities are not there um and so when we talk about what you're doing it really is about changing and pivoting what we teach our younger people and it, you know obviously the, the the curriculum is going to be a lot broader but i'm hoping with what has happened the idea of talking about personal financial responsibility and what that all means can be part of the curriculum. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so too. I want to say that last year, 2019, maybe it was something that I think I came across my desk that's saying that uh, Governor Wolf, uh, that they had mandated some aspect of personal finance to be held in schools. I'm not sure of the specifics of that, Mm -hmm. um, I want to think that that's a step in the right direction. Yep. Um, and hopefully they reach out to organizations like mine or, or like mine that, that are already doing the work, that are already uh, talking to real kids and solving real solutions. Because as, as much as finance, you know, we just look at money. One of the things that we try to do in my organization is really talk about um, the emotional aspect of finance and how that affects different people as well as young adults in different areas, right? So for everybody, the Mercedes-Benz might not represent success. For everybody, the Michael Jordan sneakers might not represent success. But to some people, that does. And let's mm -hmm. talk about what is that emotionally that's triggering us to say that this is more important than creating wealth for my family in 10 years or for saving up for college and so forth. So again, I think that if the right personal finance is taught in schools or through organizations or however they get it, I think that it could be game changing. Well, I, I love that emotional aspect of finance. That is such an important topic and it is not taught now and it is 
something that really everybody should have a discussion about. Uh, it's not, a, you know, look, we all, we're all capitalists. We all like to make money. I, I think money is definitely defined success. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of like my son who's been working during this pandemic and has been able to save money. And, you know, that makes me happy for him. And, and there are, you're right, there's so much emotion to that and such a great topic. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad you're doing this for kids who really need it. It's, it's and, so- And you know what, to, 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 to your point, uh, Joanne, and I, and, I, and I tell my students this all the time, right? Money is not everything. It doesn't buy happiness, all of that, right? But I'd be lying if I told you that it didn't matter, right? And oh, so, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and so money- you know, money doesn't buy everything, but being poor literally can kill you, you know, so not being able to to eat or to have a sufficient uh, roof over your head, that can literally be your de- demise, figurative, figuratively, literally. So it's important to, to at least have some aspect of understanding about money, money management in the world around you. Absolutely. And, and, and now more than ever, because this pandemic really has been, has affected everybody in, in mm-hmm. all kinds of ways. It certainly has affected certain groups more than others, but everybody has had an impact from this. And certainly, you know, younger people, people who really, who understand, not little kids, but, you know, anyone from 10 to 18 who's still living at home is seeing the struggles and the financial pressures of their parents or yeah. whoever they happen to live with. And that's going to be very powerful. For, for, for sure. For sure. I think it's going to be powerful. I, uh, hopefully it doesn't break too many people. Hopefully right. we can find some type of motivation behind it. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to teach a lot of my, my, my students now is though this is hard times for a lot of people, right? Let's look at how we could come out ahead, how we could use this as you know, uh, a launching pad to our, to that business idea that we wanted to start or, you know, to what you're doing, to, to that podcast that we've been saying that we were going to start, right? So let's utilize this time right. and this downtime and let's think, let's see what's going on in this world. Let's see what's, what's needed so that when things go back to, and I'm saying this in air quotes, normal, mm-hmm. that you could be better prepared and how you could be a part of, you know, the change as opposed to just being uh, someone who's uh, affected. Absolutely. Uh, let me put you on the spot for a second. Do you have any good Uh-oh. success stories from some of your students? You said good. What stories? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you have any success stories from some of your students that you've taught? You know, one of the stories I always like to talk about, I, I, have, a, I have a student named Jew and uh, just so happened he, go, he goes to my, uh, my, 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 high, my, my high school, my alma mater. Uh, Northeast High School, and he came to my program, and uh, I think we, we kind of focus on business and entrepreneurship for, for a lot of the ones that he attended. And so one day he says, uh, "Mr. Banks, you know, I started my own organiz- I started my own company at school." I'm like, "Oh, cool! What is that?" He was like, "You know, um, I'm selling I'm selling candy like in the school hallways and everything like that, right?" So like, you know, it was cute, it was admirable, uh, a little funny. And uh, he was like, "You know, I'm making so much money that like the school shut me down." And I'm like, what do you mean the school shuts you down? He's like, well, you know, they're telling, telling me I can't sell candy in school because, uh, you know, they everybody can go to the school store. And then he's like, you know, I had workers working for me and my workers, uh, they quit and started their own company. And it, it was just, it was like, it, it was, um, listen, if he was 30 years old, I would probably feel more sorry for him. 
Uh, but at 16, I was like, this is so beautiful that you're going through the weeds and the kinks of these things now because I think that he's going to be so powerful by the time he's 26, right? And I'm happy that my program allowed him to say, like, listen, I could do some of these things for myself, whether it is a side hustle, whether it's a passion project, whatever it is, I can do it. And now he's understanding, right? So listen, maybe next time you don't want to tell everybody everywhere that you're getting your your, your supply from, uh, you know, maybe, you know, you know, maybe you want to make this the more after school shop, whatever it is, he was able to find a need and he was doing well. So I, I certainly think that's a success story. And I think that that kid, Jude, will be a success uh, it, very soon. I, I, what a great story. Absolutely. You know, I, it's the life lessons that you don't learn in school, but he was, he actually learned them under, under the school's roof, which is very good. So right. Awesome story. That's great. Um, well, Chris, you know, such a wonderful conversation, and I can't thank you enough for, for joining. Um, we At Credit Eco to Go, we like to ask our guests uh, about their to-go experiences during this pandemic. Uh, if they have some interesting story that they would like to share, um, something you want to let us know about? You know what? It's, it, it's nothing I would say that really sticks out. What I will say, because for a while, and I don't know how you've been doing it, uh, as you know, both of us are avid uh, eat-outers. Uh, yes, we and, do. And, yes. And in the dining world. But yeah. uh, so, so I, I say before June, I was probably doing more takeout, you know, so whether that was Uber Eats, Grubhub, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm sorry, a delivery. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Uber Eats, Grubhub, or, or, or so, so forth. But as soon as, I guess, like the first day that they could start selling stuff, I went to park uh, on, 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 eight, on 18th Street. And, you know, I, you know I, I, I go there pretty often. So, you know, a person or two may, may, may or may not know me. And I remember uh, walking up with my mask on and, like, the person didn't know who I was. And I was, like, hurt. I was, like, oh, my God, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, 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 again, like, this new wave of, like, listen, you got to have your mask on. Like, right. you know. Um, and I, and um, so, 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 again, uh, not, not, a cra- not a crazy story, but that is certainly something that was, like, oh, this thing is, like, changing, you know? Because who did I think I was that she should have known my walk? Right. Or, you know, the top of my head or whatever it is, you know, uh, but, but that's, that, that's where we're going. No, it's a great story. I, I asked my guests for that because I want to hear about, you know, uh, we're, we're talking all this meaty financial services stuff, but I want to hear about, you know, how we've all survived these last couple months. And that is a perfect story. I'm hearing the same thing. You know, when people tell me they go out, especially in the city and, you know, you're a man about town, you know, you say, mm-hmm. And having grown up in Philly, I mean, I can't walk down the street where I see somebody that maybe I knew 20 years ago. Philadelphia is right. a small town like that. But now you can't recognize anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, listen, and, and God forbid, you know, Different. that someone changes their hair, right. you know, or something, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll never know. Or you'll be staring, you know, at, at someone for, for, for 10 minutes before you notice, oh, that, that's not Joanne. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Chris, again, um, thank you so much. Uh, as I explained to you before we came on the podcast, uh, Credit Eco 
to go looks to make donations to local and community charities uh, that help those affected by the pandemic. So we've given a good amount of money to local food banks across the country, and my guests come from you know all over. Um, mm -hmm. But today, because we have I have such a unique guest and such an important guest, Credit Eco to Go will be making a donation to Thanksgiving, and I hope that it will help continue. Oh, thank you so much, Joanne, to you and and everyone at Credit Credit Eco to Go. Um, it's, it's certain, cer cer certainly always good to have people that, you know, are in the space that, that, that you are in that care about others and, and you know, don't, don't mind throwing, throwing that rope down to help someone get up that, land, that ladder or, or, or so. And you've always been a great person. And I just, I wish you continued success as well. And hopefully, you know, maybe one of these days, maybe we might see our, our faces again outside of the computer. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so for those listening, if you want to get a hold of Chris, you can reach him at banks at thanksgiving.org um, or on his Instagram page at broad, at broad Street Banks. Um, and Thanksgiving also has its own Instagram page, which is at Thanksgiving Company. So check those out yeah. and you can learn more about all the wonderful work that uh, they are doing. Thank you uh, for listening to Credit Eco to Go. For more information on this podcast, past podcasts, and our future shows, uh, please log on to clarkhill.com forward slash people forward slash Joanne Edelman on my bio page. There's a direct link uh, to the podcast or on my LinkedIn page. If you would like to be a guest on the show or have ideas for future show topics, please email us at creditecotogo at clarkhill.com. Thank you, everyone. Be well and stay safe. This podcast is intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be regarded as either legal advice or a legal opinion. You should not act upon or use this publication or any of its contents for any specific situation. Recipients are cautioned to obtain legal advice from their legal counsel with respect to any decision or course of action contemplated in a specific situation. Clark Hill PLC and its attorneys provide legal advice only after establishing an attorney-client relationship through a written attorney-client engagement agreement. This recording does not establish an attorney-client relationship with any recipient.